Welcome to The Lake Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. I'm really, 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 really tired. Today's show, uh, we are going to... <laughs> you guys have heard for the entirety, basically, of like the last two weeks, probably, how tough the Lakers schedule is uh, looking ahead to it uh, in December. And Harrison and I, I have not looked at the schedule. This is going to shock you guys. I am not good at my job. I don't know who the Lakers play in the next few weeks. So Harrison is going to tell me as we go along the schedule uh, what that schedule looks like. And I'm going to react to it in the moment because, again, I'm not very professional. So uh, let's let's react, though, first. I, I, I'm interested in this. Well, yeah, I was going to say, speaking of your professionalism, though, yeah. I, I do want to jump into a new I, I think we'll, I think we'll make this a recurring segment, provided this event keeps happening, yeah. uh, where it, it's uh, the name of the segment is Anthony is right. It was right. Oh, or like, oh, I guess you're right. I don't know. We'll I'm work interested. On that name. Yeah, I guess Anthony was right. You have my so attention. I, I believe last week. You on this show, you called Frank Vogel. You said that he was a coach of the year contender this week. The NBA agreed with you. They gave him the coach of the month for November and October. I'm not, I guess, because there are only a couple games in October. They just like cram it in there. But it's just weird to say he was the coach of the month for the month of October and November. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, they went 17-2 to start the season over that time. That date kind of conveniently chops off that last loss to the Mavericks. (laughs) And so 17-2, I mean, 17-3 is still pretty great, but 17-2 looks even better. Um, And so he got coach of the month. And I just got to say, like for our listeners, because I know we all love to bag on Anthony a lot, like me, Pete, Mm -hmm. uh, everyone who converses with him on either of our podcasts. Literally all of Reddit. People on Twitter. Like Lakers fans that aren't Mom, even on social dad. media. Yeah. My family occasionally in a group text. Mm-hmm. Um, we all <laughs> love to talk about how wrong Anthony is. Occasionally, I do have a friend that listens to uh, that listens to the show that occasionally will just text me your worst takes from Locked on Lakers. Nice. Um, and so, you know, we all like to talk about how wrong you are and how occasionally lazy you are and not even looking at the schedule. Uh, yeah, I was I was being nice. Nice. Um, but in this case. Against all odds, you were right, and uh, (laughs) it looks like Frank Vogel may be a pretty good coach. So I, I I don't know. I thought I thought it was funny that when they first announced the award, they were like, "Oh, it's the first time since Phil Jackson." And I was like, "Oh man, like since 2001." (laughs) And then it turned out they just like they went over D'Antoni on accident. So which (laughs) is like a very fitting thing for the Mike D'Antoni era with the Lakers. Yeah. No, I I I I've thought that like. Vogel has done a really good job. <clears throat> also, also, he's playing Rondo a bunch. Which can I just can I can I just rant oh, about so now? Him? So now that it's the common take that he's doing well, you got to flip back the other way. This is actually for those of you that want to get into this industry. This is like master takesmanship from Anthony. Where now <laughs> that it's like no law. Now that it, Vogel being good is no, is the popular take. He's like no no no. I'm going to be the first to jump on the actually Vogel kind of sucks bandwagon. Yeah, I mean like he's playing Rondo a lot. Uh, could you while I'm while I'm ranting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you could you find Rondo's minutes? And yes. tell me, like, just find me Rondo's stats in general. And here's my thing with Rondo. He, like, the Lakers have a really good instinctual team. Like, they actually play really well off of each other. The pieces fit. And they should be able to continue to fit moving forward. 
But for some reason, whenever Rondo is out there, he feels the need to just slow down the offense completely and pigeonhole them into roles that they may not necessarily be ready for. And it's really hurt the team. So now that you've had time to look up those numbers, what's Rondo's net rating on the season? Okay, so Rondo's net rating on the season is, I didn't realize, you said minutes, so this is not the one I was looking up first. So he oh kind of defeated the purpose of Well, how many minutes is his he net playing? Rating, his net rating on the season is 3.7. Uh, he has so the Lakers are actually outscoring their opponents by 3.7 points per game mm-hmm. on the season when Rondo is on the floor. So contrary to your hating, he's actually <laughs> like been. I, I think if we look at no other math, he's been uh you know a positive for this how's, team. How's the defense when he's out there? Uh, the defense is giving up 106.2 points per 100 possessions. Hmm. Hmm. That and uh, if you're that wondering does... how the Lakers do with Rondo off the floor, they're outscoring their opponents by 8.5 points per 100 possessions. Oh, so, so what's and that, he has what's that net what, rating then? Well, so his his net his actual net rating is no. 3.7. Not That's not according rating. not according no, the to the disparity between the on offs is different than net rating. That's his on court net rating. Yeah. On, oh, okay, okay, okay. But when I have written this before, you have corrected it the other way. I don't. I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. And this is horrendous audio now. It's good. It's fine. No, I don't think so. We can fight about this. Do you want to fight about it? No. You don't want to fight about it? I honestly think that we should move on to what point you were going to make was. The Lakers are better without Rajon Rondo. Yes. That's the point. Yes. They've always been better without Rajon Rondo. I, does anyone disagree with that yes. other than Frank Vogel My at this point? mentions disagree with me. Frank Vogel disagrees, disagrees. Rajon Rondo disagrees with me. All of these people disagree with me. And can I rant? Like, can I just like rant yes, for a while? Yes, go ahead. Why is it that people thought this guy was an NBA player? We saw this last year. We saw that this guy was not a good NBA player last year. He's... You realize how bad at basketball you have to be to make LeBron James the Atlanta Hawks? Like, that's where we are with this guy. Like, we, we knew that this guy was bad. And then we headed into the season, and Frank Vogel told us, oh, no, I, I promise we're going to make a couple tweaks here and there. And then Rajon Rondo, actually, we, we figured out, like, how to make Rajon Rondo and LeBron James make sense together. But they don't. They'll never make sense together. You know why they aren't they why they aren't gonna make sense together? Because Rajon Rondo is not good at basketball. I agree overall. I think within the context of this roster, he does have use in certain situations because it's like show me, especially with Avery Bradley out, like who is supposed to bring the ball up the floor and make plays when LeBron is not on the floor. Literally anybody. Anthony that, that, Davis can bring the ball saw, up the court. But we saw that wasn't working, and that overtaxes Anthony Davis, and it's not like his not, and it also puts him in a position to fail. Like I think that Rondo, he certainly has his warts. Alex I'm not arguing. I, I honestly am not certain that Rondo should play when Avery Bradley comes back mm-hmm. at this point. Although I think again, then you start to run into some of the same problems that you had while Rondo is out. Again, he's not a perfect solution, but I think that you, he is. Harrison, you should bring huh? the ball up the court. 
me, I should check in with my press pass. Um, I think that that would go worse. I'm uh, I'm not that confident in my abilities. But like, look, can you dribble with your left hand? I don't know that anybody that is like seriously analyzing basketball outside of the Lakers is like saying that Rondo is this like you know this savior or whatever. And I understand that your mentions are loud and say that the team needs him, and that's only because of how bad their offense looked at times while he was out, and how much more functional it's looked at times while he was on the court. Again, I'm not saying all the time. I'm saying, but like they aren't ha- get having turnovers in the backcourt and they aren't having like these really ugly mistakes necessarily. They have different mistakes. They have him trying to get them into a set with like 10 seconds left on the shot clock and stuff like that. But that's a lot more subtle and you really have to pay attention to it to kind of get that. I don't know that really any of the listeners of this show are arguing that Raj- Rajon Rondo should be playing a bunch of minutes. And like, I don't know. I, I don't even know that the Lakers honestly feel like he they is do. this like no, great that's- Player. That's not that's not true. That's not true. I I, dis- I I flatly disagree with your assessment of how the Lakers feel about Rajon Rondo. Okay. I they, mean, I know LeBron and Anthony Davis feel that way. That's the Lakers. Yeah, well, but I I mean like like so that's why he's playing. You have your answer right there. But that's stupid. And I mean, it makes that's, the that's team just, worse. It maybe it, it can be whatever it is, but that's just what it is. But it's like that's it, not it makes the team worse is the thing. Like that's that's at the end of the day, like your your job and my job as analysts of the Los Angeles Lakers is to figure out ways in which the Lakers are either falling short of expectations or how they can come closer to exceeding expectations, right? Like you're you're in my job as analysts is to like if you're a film critic, right? Your job and my job as film film critics would be to figure out ways that the that the movie can be better right no uh i mean i i think it's to critically analyze aspects of the movie but sure i mean i, I don't know that film critics generally make suggestions on how it could be better but they definitely criticize what's wrong with it really i mean not most reviews that i read are not like oh you should have cast this person instead or something like that like it's just it's a different medium they, but like they, never... I, I understand the point you're trying to make your and my job as an analyst is to figure out ways that the Lakers can be better. And my and and my analysis here is that the Lakers have always been better with Rajon Rondo not associated with the team. Like you can't in 2019, you can't have somebody who has the ball as often as Rajon Rondo does be as bad as he is from the perimeter. And then conversely, or at the same time, be as bad as he is defensively. Like he's, he's just, just there's no situation here where Rajon Rondo is a good NBA player. And that's always been the case. The problem is, is that the Lakers don't have good NBA ball handlers on their roster. And that is care. the one utility he's still, I mean, it, it, that's fine that you, you don't you care. Could, I'm, you just, could, they I'm could, explaining but there's, why there's, it's not going to change. No, that no, but that even there though, like the Lakers might not have good enough ball handlers to, to make up for uh, what Rondo is defensively. I just flatly disagree. Like you, yeah, you, I mean that's fine, but I, I just I wouldn't anticipate it changing. It's it's not going to change. Yeah. But like when people when people are like sitting here freaking out about like how do the Lakers get better? How do they get better over the course of the cause all of the teams that they play against over the course of the year are going to get better. And when people are sitting here freaking out about how do the Lakers get better to match that improvement from their opponents, 
the way that they get better is by not playing Rajon Rondo. I think that it's going to be important to see. And again, I mean, you can't count on the team remaining healthy the entire year. But I think that it's going to be important to see how they handle the rotation once Avery Bradley does come back in. And like if he is still somewhat close to as effective as he was before, if Rondo's minutes start to drop back down again, because I honestly felt like they had found a pretty good mix of like the right dosage of Rajon Rondo. I think the reason he is sticking out more now is because their defense has kind of fallen off a cliff anyway. So it looks, of course, even worse when he's out there um, without, you know, Bradley or these other guys to help him that are being forced to cover up holes elsewhere. And I think that like, so I, I, I'm curious to see when Bradley comes back, if we start to see smaller doses of Rajon Rondo where it's his minutes are closer to like he's only really playing when LeBron is not on the floor because I think that that is really his only utility for this team where his like if he's put in the right situations in the right lineups which he hasn't always been like playing with Kuzma is probably going to help Kuzma offensively but it's also like completely setting the Lakers defense up to fail to have both of those two out there occasionally they've done it with Daniels or Cook as well in the backcourt like and that's what what happens to like like the, the the question the 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 counter question to everything you're and and most of what you're saying makes absolute sense everything really that you're saying makes sense you and I are on the same page in that respect but if the Lakers are still playing Rondo with Avery Bradley back and that like hurt that takes minutes away from Alex Caruso like what does that do for the Lakers like what kind of, what kind of team are the Lakers and and how big a mistake would that be? Uh, I mean, as far as how big of a mistake it would be, like, I don't know because we haven't seen them start to play tougher teams like that yet outside of that opening night loss to the Clippers. But even then, like, Rondo wasn't in the lineup. It was Caruso, or it wasn't Caruso, um, mm-hmm. but Rondo wasn't in the lineup yet. Um, and so, like, wait, did he play open? No, no he did not Caruso, play opening Caruso night. Caruso didn't like, play. This season, no, well, Caruso didn't and Rondo didn't either, correct? Right. Yeah, because everybody was saying yeah, that was the game after where people were like, oh, that's the game they could have used him. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as how much worse they'll be, I don't know, because we haven't seen them play team, like tougher teams in that situation. So it's hard for me to say. I think that if it's starting to get to the point where Caruso is just straight up not playing, then yeah, I think that, that makes the Lakers worse if they're replacing him with Rondo. But I also don't know. Like they're still only just starting to put in like their offensive sets and starting to get into getting to practice with those things. And as we've seen with a veteran team, they aren't able to practice as much as they probably like to just because mm-hmm. they have a lot of older guys that they need to keep fresh. And so that's going to be a process. Uh, like again, this is not me saying that I think that Rondo's some tremendously value and value NBA player in a vacuum in 2019. I just think that, like, I think that the Lakers, they are 17 and 3 right now. They just lost last night. Mm-hmm. I know that you've been banging the anti Rondo drum the whole year. This is not just because of a loss, not but just I think the year, we, last two years. Well, yeah, but I think that they, we have to acknowledge that they've been so far mostly okay with him playing in the lineup and we have to see how that goes when they start to play against better teams. And if this really does start to come back to bite them, or if they continue to make the improvements, like especially upon Bradley getting back that we kind of expect them to, as they go through the year and they gel. And even if, as they start to hit a tougher schedule, maybe they're starting to gel as well too. So that helps make up some of that difference. And if they'll be all right, like I, 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 you know, I'm not going to claim to be Nostradamus and say that I know the answer to that. You feel better? 
about. I don't know. Just like you, you ranted there for a while. No, I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. You're just taking this like hardline stance of like they have to basically cut Rondo. And I don't yeah. know that it's that simple. Like, I don't think it's that... not. We definitely know it's not that simple. Like, we know yeah. that Anthony Davis or LeBron James wouldn't allow well, I mean, him to even, be cut. I mean, even aside from that, I think that there are certain situations where he has utility for this team. He we've doesn't. seen, he we've doesn't. seen how it goes. His, his utility to the team doesn't overshadow or doesn't doesn't match what he loses what the team loses with him being on the court elsewhere maybe on some nights it doesn't he's but I think literally there are the worst fucking defender in the entire nba he i mean honestly i'm not really going to argue with you there <laughs> but there is lineup construction and honestly point guard defense is like not it's not unimportant but it's not as important as it, like it is, other it is no position. his his version uh, like where he lacks as a point guard defender actually really does hurt the team like we saw it like we, we've seen it yeah again i'm not saying that he's perfect i i think that they're i mean we're we're just gonna have to see but i just think that there are certain scenarios where he does help this team because we've seen how the opposite goes where they have no playmaking when mm -hmm. lebron is off the floor they tried doing the stuff with davis they tried having caruso be that guy they tried having cook be that guy they mm -hmm. tried having bradley be that guy none of it worked rondo at least gets the ball down the court and gets you into your sets there're going to be moments where he irritates you with his ball pounding and where he does detract from the offense but i think overall he has been and, and well yeah i thought that went without saying um, um, the, but as far as offensively, there are minutes where he does add to the team and where he allows them to survive those moments with, uh, without LeBron. Like, even if they're giving up a basket no, almost that's, every that's possession fair. down the floor. That's you know, fine. Like, that's fine. That's, like, the, 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 the Sans-LeBron minutes, okay. Okay. Fine. I get it. But he's playing beyond those minutes. He's playing with LeBron. Well, yeah, that I mean, that's make any what, sense. but that's going to happen when Why? Bradley's out and like you're, you're trying to search for guys to stay in the rotation. And it's clearly something LeBron and AD want, you know, and it's like, stupid. Can we can we can we not be allowed to just say something is dumb? No, you're allowed to say that. I'm just like I'm saying that I would not like I just don't for me, it's not really worth concerning over or thinking too much about because it's just not going to change. Like it is what it is. So you almost have to just well, look no, at the rest but, of but that's not, that's, everything. That's not, that's not our jobs. Like our jobs is to think about that stuff. I think, I think we view our jobs differently, which actually would kind of seamlessly lead us to a mailbag question. We did. It would, say it would. would. Let's, let's take a quick second. <laughs> it's, let's, let's take a quick second. Pay some bills. When we come back, Harrison's going to answer your question about our jobs. Apparently. So we have three questions to get to, and then also a schedule to decipher. Yes. So our first question comes to us, and seamlessly out of that last segment, mm -hmm. from uh, QBreezy12, and says, question for the Lake Show. You two differ from each other in that Harrison states that he has given up his fandom to cover the, the Lakers objectively, even though I still think there's some, still some there. I still think that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, while Anthony is very open about his fandom, uh, what do you believe are some advantages in conducting each of your analysis this way? So, oh, Anthony, man. I would say this is yeah, a great was, question. Easy yeah. friend of the I, show. I think, Send this question to Lockdown Lakers because I'd like to talk to Pete about this, too. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I think I think last segment we saw where it detracts from Anthony's analysis. 
<laughs> no, I'm I'm honestly like people want to know more about where you stand on this. People yeah. know where I stand. Like they it's it's pretty like where where it helps my fandom is that I am passionate enough to to try to make this work as a career even though for large portions of my life it didn't look like this was something that I would be able to do. Like you just it you become more passionate about something when you are passionate about it because of non-monetary reasons whereas like for you, Harrison, I'm interested in like where where you stand on this. Well, so I also think the way that it helps you is that as much as you do criticize the team, I think most people know that it comes from a place of you yeah. want them to do badly as well as they do. It's not you jumping on well, like well. Oh, did I say badly? Yeah, you want them to do well as badly as they do, yeah. uh, not badly as badly as they do. Uh, <laughs> although that may have been a Freudian slip. Um, you. No, but you genuinely want this team to do well. And I think that a lot of your analysis comes from that. When you get angry or you get frustrated, it's because you want good things for this team. Yeah. And so I honestly think that in a lot of ways that does help you and your brand with like genuineness. I think for me, the way that it's helped me is I feel like I'm able to detach from a lot of this stuff. Like as you saw in the Rondo segment, last segment, like – you know, Rondo playing basketball because I am not rooting for this team. Like the the mistakes that he makes do you, not you, like make me angry. We, you know what I mean? You know, like, well, you're saying you're not rooting for this team. Yes, but even even from like the Spockian place that you come from, our numbers do better when the when the when the team is good. So, like, why would you not be rooting for this team? I mean, that's I, for me, that's always felt like a really cynical way to look at it. And I'm not saying that you're necessarily like doing that because you obviously want the team to do well mm -hmm. regardless. But for me, I've always tried to not look at it that way because I think that that's how you become like you you end up becoming disingenuous in your analysis because you almost end up like kind of playing to the crowd of like you're like saying something because you think yeah. it'll do well. And that's, that's not fair. really how I want to be either. So like. I try to not really think about that part of it too much because the ebbs and flows, like I don't even have control over that anyway. Like that's going to come and go. And like this team, like, yeah, I mean, our traffic is worse today because the Lakers had their 10 game winning streak drop, but there's nothing I can do about that with my analysis. And so like, I try, like, I don't worry too much about it because I also know that this team's good and they're going to bounce back. And I also know that there are lots of Lakers fans. And so there is a floor for this that is also pretty high as well. And like, I'm not really like worried about my, you know, like my paycheck to paycheck based on engagement no, or I mean, something like that, like, and because that's not how I get paid. And yeah. so for me, it's not as much of a factor in that sense. Like, I think for me, the way that it helps me the most is I can just take a step back and I can look at this stuff. And I'm not saying that that necessarily always leads me to the right conclusions. I think sometimes if you're more passionate about this stuff, you catch on to things quicker because it is like causing you, it is making you gr like your teeth grind or something yeah. like that. But. But um, I think that in some cases, like it, it allows me to kind of take a more whole view of things. And like, even if things aren't perfect, I can look in and I can see like, what was that? What were they maybe thinking that would justify that decision in the moment, even though it didn't work out? Or like with Rondo, it's like, what are they looking, even if there are lots of things he does badly, uh, you know, and there are. 
what are they looking for from him that he does well that helps the team? And I think you only have to look at like how much the offense struggled before he came back, like to go back through that. Like, I mean, we can look at the numbers. I think their offense has improved almost directly yeah. since Rondo came back from injury. Well, him and Coos. And it's correspond. Yeah. But Coos even came back a couple games sooner and he didn't even come close to looking like well, himself. Coos and was that's like, a whole outright, other... like objectively bad when he came yeah. back. That, that's like a whole other uh, like conversation for another pod probably on coups. But like with Rondo, like I, I think that you can kind of see the good, even if you can also see where he's detracting, which is obviously the defense, which has started to drop because, it, I mean, to be fair to him, he almost came back like directly when Avery Bradley started to get hurt and things yeah. like that. And these are the kind of bumps in the road that you're going to encounter upon the season. And you're going to have these roller coaster ups and down swings with wins and losses and guys playing good, guys playing bad, injuries, whatever. And I just think that it allows me to maintain more of an even keel. And like for me, not becoming not a fan was not like a direct choice I made where I'm like, oh, I, I'm covering this team now. I can't be a fan anymore. Like, you know, in journalism school, they, you know, they teach you that for sure. in a lot of classes where they're like, no, you're not allowed to be a fan. Hashtag anymore. press on. So, you know, all that stuff. And like journalists definitely, I think in a lot of cases do feel the need to drive that for themselves. For me, it wasn't really that conscious. It was just more of like, it's kind of a hard thing to explain, but like when I was rooting for the team and just like a diehard fan living and dying with every loss, like I wasn't it this wasn't work. Like watching the do, game. Do you remember not, do you remember like the last time you rooted for this team as a fan? Specifically? No. I don't remember specifically the last like the last game or something like that, because it was more gradual. Um I, I think probably the last full season was like the 2014-15 one. If I'm remembering correctly, about that like, was the that was followed by the D'Angelo Russell draft, right? He was 2015. Yeah, that was right when I started to get onto the beat. So I think at that point, once you start interacting with like these people, for me, it just took a little bit of it out of it because there's less of that superhero aspect to it. And but um, like I'm I'm interested. I'm now that we're down this road already. I'm I'm going to start interviewing you. Are you cool with that? Uh, I guess sure. Extended mailbag. No, like I'm interested in like, like, do you think you would be as good on the beat as you are if you didn't start in the place of fandom the way that you did with the Lakers? No, because I never would have. Like, I think it allows me to. Like, still... could you do a crime beat? I mean, I think I could. I don't think that I'd enjoy that because, like, I've reported on serious stuff before when I was in college. And, like, you know, even with the Lakers, some of the way some of the stories that we've had to cover, like, mm -hmm. you know, I've had to put my serious, you know, uh, like journalist hat on yeah. a little bit. And um, so, like, I think I could do that kind of thing. I just don't know that I would. Like, for me, this has come out of a drive to be like my passion is like it may no longer be in day to day victories and things like that. It's like trying to be the best coverage I possibly can. Like that's mm -hmm. like what drives me now is wanting to build the best possible, you know, like kind of a team of Lakers coverage and site for Lakers coverage, both like audio and like written and all and video and all of that stuff. And so I, I think that it just comes from wanting to be just good. And I know that I'm, I know that I'm not the best right now, but like, it's something that drives me. Like I drive to be my best constantly. And I think that, I'm able to tap into certain like I'm able to do stories that I know fans want because I was a fan and mm -hmm. more so than like I think 
some people who are more in this and like the relationship building aspect of it. And like, you know, that everybody comes from at this from different angles and things like that. And for me, like, I know a lot of Lakers fans because I grew up a Lakers fan. I came into this as a Lakers fan and I came up with a lot of Lakers fans. And so I still interact and talk to those people all the time. And I know what they're interested in. And I can use that as a barometer for, and I can also use that as what, what, what drew me to this? What did I want to read that made me get into like blogging and things like that? And so I think that it helps me in those ways, I guess, if that kind of answers the question. No, it, it makes sense. I think I think to a certain extent, I don't know, like it's wild to me that somebody could just turn that off. It wasn't an immediate thing. It just like slowly, it's like as it became work, like it just became less, you know, it just becomes less fun. And it, like, I it's also fun. It's also funny too that like, Nobody on Reddit levies against you the criticism that like you are not a Lakers fan. Whereas like for me, I get I get that levied against me constantly. I, I think that it's because you are very critical of the team at times, which for a lot of people is like that's enough to not fake fan. You don't believe in them through thick and thin. I do fake indeed fan. hate the Lakers. You, you know what I mean? Like that's enough to be a dismissal from you know, certain people who come at this through a specific lens. Like for me, I think that the reason that people don't come after me like that is because I always think of, and it's not like I'm not going to write a story if I think that it'll piss Lakers fans off or something like that. But I always try to come at it with a certain level of respect for the fan base and that kind of thing. And like, <laughs> I guess I do not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, when I, when not I send a tweet, out, I don't, don't, I don't, yeah, I, I, when I, like, when I send a tweet or when I record, a locked on Lakers. I don't take that into account. That's fair. That's fair. Let's uh let's go <laughs> We we started the show talking about how we were going to look ahead at the schedule. We are now 35 minutes into this show. We looking ahead at the schedule for this show, we are going to look ahead at the schedule. Um but we do have two more mailbag questions oh to get God. to quickly. <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh all right so oh this is actually another very inside baseball one so aspiring fan of the show this is seashell C 04 aspiring. Uh, they, you can always be a fan of the show you don't have to well, aspire I think, to be a fan I think of the show. aspiring as in like they want to do something in this um and I, I wonder if they may have been inspired by like our pod that we did a couple weeks ago with pete because they say that they've been listening to all of us since our early podcasting thank you for that um and they say they'd love to know what the major differences are in your podcast style and chemistry now opposed as opposed to when things got going. I listen to Locked On Silver Screen and Laker Film Room every day and truly appreciate uh, y'all's dedication and unique spin on a market I love dearly. So, uh, okay, so first of all, thank you, Cody. I appreciate you saying that. Um, second of all, yeah, I don't know. You. What do you feel like is the biggest change? I, I feel like, I feel like honestly, again, that Rondo segment is a little bit of an example of this where, like, I used to feel the need to continue to like cycle through a fight with you if i disagreed with you on something yeah whereas like now it's almost it's like, like a marriage right. Jesus, where you're take willing the wheel. to just kind of like <laughs> like i'm gonna say what i'm gonna say and then i'm gonna let it go yeah because i know i'm not changing it it's agreeing to disagree you, and you, i think stuff like that you, you know what you know what i think is actually the the difference now is that like it's actually kind of to your point here that we understand our voices you know, you're yeah. you're we we understand when we started out, like it was it was a matter of uh trying to figure out like what would be monetizable, like how can we how can we make this show Where can we find that, our window? Yeah, like how how can we carve out our niche and you know, here we are 
all these years later and we have kind of figured that out and you know for for Harrison and my dynamic you can correct me if I'm wrong here but the the way that this works is you let me say the stupid astronomical end of that spectrum take and then you kind of try to like bring me back and and that's been our dynamic and then you know I found a person in Pete that is that way and while he doesn't feel the need to bring me back in the same way that you do necessarily uh he he his and my dynamic is is somewhat similar so I don't know. I, I think the biggest difference in this industry, and actually, you you guys should listen to today's Locked On Lakers because Pete and I touched on this a little bit. But after we finished recording, we started talking about the industry and, and the way things work. And there is something to be said about finding your voice, being confident in that voice, to be able to to make that your voice. And then you know, continue to stick with it despite having a lot of people in this industry from day one tell you that you aren't good enough. Um, it's been tough. Like, Harrison, you can, you, can, you can attribute to this. You and I had a lot of conversations about the, the, the path that we were on and the path that the show was on and, and stuff. And we had a lot of people from from day one who come from more traditional journalistic backgrounds basically telling us that we aren't good enough, that I'm not – me specifically, I am not good or enough. Or that you're doing this wrong Yeah, was, like a, uh, was a lot of the refrain yeah. that I would get. And like there were times where I did things wrong. You know, like I'm not saying yeah, so that I was always right and that it was that. like – But, yeah. but we, we, can't, we can't say though that like we can't say we're doing things wrong when the stuff that we touched continued to grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just mean like, you know, obviously all of us have lessons to learn about like how to do things in the best way. Yeah. That, that's all I meant. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think I think there's something to that. But but it was, you know, finding your voice and being confident in your voice. And and, you know, if you have something to say, man, just say it. You know, like that's that's really what this comes down to. It's just like if you have if if there's a if there's a take that you want to give out there. Just offer it up and and stick by it. Now, if you're wrong, if there's a flaw in your thinking as you're getting as you're going into that take, then you have to be open to the fact that you were wrong. But but for for I don't know, for, for you and me, Harrison, the the success that we've had has occurred in large part because we just believed in ourselves. And and no matter which have popped up and told us that we suck along the way, we just stuck by our guns and people enjoyed the voice that we spoke with. You can delete that. Yes, uh, this, this podcast is going to be a joy to edit. <laughs> I don't know. Do you disagree, though? No, I, I don't totally disagree with uh, the, the, the sentiment. I, I think that one of... Um, 
I, I think the other biggest difference is that we've just all become really good friends. So like all this stuff oh, is a lot a more natural. And you know yeah. what I mean? Like we aren't people who are point. like work friends. We're people who are like actual friends. Like the two of you are going to be groomsmen in my wedding in like a couple of months. Like, yeah. you know, it's like it's developed into like a genuine chemistry that extends like beyond Lakers basketball to where like, you know, we talk and like hang out about things that have nothing to do with work and stuff like that. And I feel like that contributes to and makes the work better. Yeah. Oh, and and then, you know, to that point, you know, about so what you're talking about there indirectly, albeit, but what you're talking about there is is the investment that people make in us personally. Right. Yeah. And uh, there there is no investment that be, those people can make in us personally without us putting ourselves out there every so often, you know, and, and answering questions like these. Uh, and I, I really think that at the end of the day the lakers are the things that bring us together but if you can get people to invest in you as a person that's the sweet spot that's the spot that like if you're trying to make it in this industry and you can get people to invest in you personally that's where you need to land yeah. Um, all right. I, I actually we took a little longer on this than I anticipated. So we're going to save that. I saw the other mailbag question. So uh, so kinetic groove. We are going to get to this uh, next week, but we got to move on. We got to do the schedule stuff. So, uh -huh. Anthony, after, you know, the, the, we're finally here at the long awaited. Let's break down the Lakers schedule in the month of December. Yeah, uh, I believe they play uh, nine of their 13 games away from home. So that's already like, you oh, know, great. like that already makes the the month a little bit scarier, you know, just in and of itself. One of those home games they lost yesterday. Um, so like, you know, they already lost to the Mavericks uh, up next. Do, how do you want to do this? Do you want me to just read yeah, the just schedule read. and then you react to each one? Or do you want me to read the whole thing and then we'll go through and talk about it? No, let's 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 uh, go game by game. Okay, so tomorrow they have the Denver Nuggets loss on the road, and then the Jazz. They have uh, the, then they have Wednesday night. They play the Jazz back to the second night of back to back loss. Yeah, so already there. Like if Anthony is correct in his like pessimism and hatred of this team, <laughs> then like that's already three losses to start the month of December. Uh -huh. And then Friday they play in the Moda Center in Portland on the road. When they're starting Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, LeBron finally gets revenge for his uh, his player of the uh, player of the month player of the week snub. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Hashtag then wash player of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Wash of the week, yeah, and then and then so they they go. To, so I think they win in Portland. They play one game at home, right? Yeah. Then they come home. They play Minnesota. So that's a win. I mean, mm. I'm just gonna. It's a tough game, man. I I think they win, but I think it's a tough game. I'm calling that a win. I don't believe in the Wolves. Um, <laughs> uh, then Wednesday they play against the Magic on the road. That's that should be a win. You'd think. You know, but you never know. It should uh, be a the, win. The, I mean, unless right. like like Pau Gasol isn't on, or, or or neither neither Pau Gasol or any of the Lopez brothers aren't involved here. So like the fact that they won't be able to go to uh, Disney World will make them better on the road. Was Pau a Disney World guy? Pau loved Disney World. 
Oh, Pal, I did like, not realize. Pal's that. like this crazy wholesome guy. Like he he loves everything. Yeah, I just that. didn't know that specifically. Um, mm-hmm. so Friday, then they play against the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. On the that road should be. Uh... Wait, is that a back to back? No, no, it's the it, so they will spend Thursday night in Miami, likely after traveling there Wednesday night. Mm, that's probably so, gonna be a loss. Yeah, I was gonna say that's probably a loss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're one in four in December, according to our reading. No, right now they would be. Uh, they are three and six or three and seven because, um, like of uh, the loss yesterday. Wait. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So then Sunday they play. They go to Atlanta. They play the Hawks. Win. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a win. Like you're, yeah. you, you genuinely do hate this team if you predict a loss there. <laughs> I think. I mean, obviously a loss is possible on any night, but uh, like predicting it against that Hawks team that just gave up sixty and James Harden in three quarters. Like, mm-hmm. like I think they can't the, I think the Lakers anybody. are gonna be resting the starters by halftime uh, mm-hmm. in that game, which is basically how the one in LA went. Um, and so then you have, uh, Tuesday on the road against the Pacers loss. Probably. You feel like that's a loss. Okay. I, I think that's like a, that's like 50, 50 for me. Indiana's uh, good. Yeah, I know they're good, but the Lakers are good too. And that's mm-hmm. what people keep forgetting is like, like, yeah, this December schedule is going to be tough, but the Lakers are still really good. Okay. And like, I, I think that I, I'm not sure that that's been taken into account enough in some of the analysis of their schedule. Um, then Thursday, December 19th, they play the Milwaukee Bucks on the road. I feel like that one's like, you know, they could pull they're it out because they're that. good, but they're probably going to lose. Yeah. I, big small forwards have given them physical small forwards have given them problems all year. And Giannis is maybe the biggest and most physical small forward. Uh, in the NBA other than LeBron. So Yeah, like I mean I think that'll like that is a national TV TNT game. So we will get the best version of Rondo possible uh no. on that night. But there is no best version of Rondo. But okay. No, there's TNT Rondo. You you clearly have not been a long time Rajon Rondo follower. I think Rajon Rondo was like undefeated in TNT games for like I think he's like, already a, lost like twice this year. Fan. Yeah, well, uh, oh, I don't know about that, but like, there was like a ten-year span where he was undefeated on TNT. I think or he's already. Like I, I'm pretty sure you go back through. He's lost twice already this year. Or no? Uh, no. I take the that Lakers back. have only lost three times. So yeah, no, uh, maybe um, maybe he hasn't lost. Then hmm. then yeah, then the next Sunday they host the Nuggets at home. That should be a win. Yeah, I'd think so. Jokic on the I, I'd road, have to like, look at the Nuggets schedule. To can see if Jokic they play. even play? Like, can can Nikola Jokic actually fly? Can they get him on a plane that leaves the ground? That's rude. Um, I'm pretty sure he could fly, he flies with the team. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Christmas Day, Wednesday, December 25th, they play the Clippers at home. Win, I guess maybe. I feel like they're going to be pretty motivated to win that one, uh, especially after. But the... they have both George and Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. But I, I think, you know, we see, we see how these things swing a lot of the time throughout yeah. the season. And I think, like, it's not like the Lakers got destroyed by the Clippers on opening night or Without something. Without Paul George. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, and that's fair to point out. I just think that, like, you know, I don't expect them to get swept. Man, by the December Clippers. is brutal. Yeah, so then they play the Blazers on the road and then the mm-hmm. Mavericks at home. This, that, that's, this schedule sucks. This, 
I would be happy if they went 500 this this month. Where right? where are you at with the Mavericks game? Because that's the last one. I think you're gonna lose. Okay, you think they're gonna lose? And they're at home so, against the Mavericks. Yeah, they're home against the Mavericks. Uh, well, maybe they win. They have to win that game. So, can they go 500? What do you? Uh, what do you... that's what I'm trying to calculate out now based on our uh, analytics projections. Uh, or hold on, let me let me count Man, these up. I don't, I, like. That's a t- that's a brutal schedule. Yeah. That's why they they had to go as as you know. That's why they had to win as often as they did this last month. But that is brutal. Uh, you know, in in terms of, uh, and I think it it lightens up significantly after December, right? Yeah. Um. So. See, we have them right now at seven and seven. If I'm not miscounting this. I'd be fine with that. Would do you think seven and seven is an okay goal to shoot for? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that most fans are going to want to hear that after they've went seventeen and three. But um, yeah, I think so. uh, no. I, I mean, honestly, I think that they should a team of this caliber that's trying to win a title. I, I take that back. I'm still like, like I'm 10 still and five. analyzing like an overperforming like bad young team mode. I, I think it's not like they can't win a title if they go seven and seven during this month or something. Everybody has tough months of the season, but if you're a true title contender, like regardless of your schedule, like I think they should be aiming for like, you know, 10 and four or something like that. Like I I think four losses, like anything less than that is probably unrealistic this month just Mm -hmm. because of how difficult the schedule is and how many times they're going on the road and stuff like that. But like, I, I think 10 and four is probably like a reasonable like hope and goal for this team. Yeah, yeah, I I think ten and four is the is the optimistic end of the spectrum, and then you know I I, I still think they probably go seven and seven. Uh, anything worse than seven and seven would be disappointing, but there's a tough schedule, and this is the thing about we knew this heading into this month. Yeah, and right now they're right now they're zero and one. They did so, like, they seen... they did as well as they could have at the beginning month of the first like month or so of, of the schedule, they did everything that they had to do, but you know, they also lost all except one of their games to teams above 500. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what you, I don't know what you can, uh, realistic realistically expect from this team it's a tough it's a tough schedule it's a yeah it's a tough league <laughs> which makes this this season all the more interesting yeah for sure all right let's uh let's wrap this thing up uh harrison and i will do a byron's book club next week thank you guys very much for tuning in that we you have thank you guys for your questions they were really good questions obviously seeing as we were not able to even answer all of them because yes. they they led us to to some really cool answers. So Keep those we, coming next yeah. week as long as there is not a Monday game. I'm double checking that right now, but I don't think there is. Um, uh, next week, as long as there is no Monday game, we will do a uh, like Monday full mailbag. Yeah, and and uh, if you send us enough questions, have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.